Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about why customer journey mapping matters and how it can improve customer loyalty and drive other customer and business outcomes. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Percy Rose, Customer Success Strategy Executive at Hewlett Packard Enterprise. Percy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Greg. Glad to be here. Exciting topics. Yeah, definitely. Looking looking forward to talking about this with you. And um, I know we were both at the CXPA Advance mm-hmm. um, event a couple months ago. Didn't get a chance to to talk with you then, but glad we, glad we could connect here and, and have this conversation. So wh- why don't we uh, start with you giving a little background on yourself as well as what you're currently doing at Hewlett Packard Enterprise. Yeah, so I'm originally from New Orleans. I currently live in Portland, Oregon. I've been here for about 10 years. And um, I started my career uh, at Accenture, so I was a consultant. Probably was there for a good 12 to 13 years. And I focused on uh, systems integration, large, complex, global SAP implementations, actually. And uh, that really was the basis of my career, um, solutions integrations. And um, at one point, had a young family, uh, young kids uh, came along and consulting life did not really align to um, having a young family and then yeah. traveling all the time. And so my client at the time was uh, HP, uh, now HPE. Uh, and uh, essentially, they offered me a position, and I continued doing solutions integration internally. And so, uh, at about five years ago, I was sort of stepped step back and looked at, you know, I've been doing this a long time, and kind of feel like I've, you know, reached the max of what I want to do in this space. And I really tried to identify what do I miss most about consulting, and that was really working directly with the customer. And uh, so I really started to try to connect locally here in Portland, went to some customer success type of meetups, et cetera, and then felt like that's that's really the area that I want to build my expertise in. And uh, my first step in customer success really was around doing journey mapping. And so that's why I'm very passionate about customer journey mapping. And, I, and quite frankly, it forms the basis of all of uh, the work that I do uh, with regards to customer success. So bringing us up to date, where I what I do is I help to lead the strategy for our customer success center of excellence uh, in, H, uh, in HPE. And we're focusing a lot on, uh, like many companies, 
focusing on digital customer success, right? Our tech touch customers, how do we expand the reach and, you know, expand and get, get out to these tech touch customers with customer success principles, right? And so that's mainly what I'm uh, working on now. Wonderful, wonderful. So yeah, let's, uh, let's dive in and, and talk about customer journey mapping. And while a number of our listeners have probably been through the process at, at some point, if not often in, in their career, um, and, and those that haven't done it are probably uh, at least familiar with what it is, I'd like to dive a little deeper and explore some of the overlooked items and, and maybe some misconceptions about customer journey mapping. So let's start mm-hmm. with uh, some best practices for uh, customer journey mapping that may be overlooked. Um, so from your from your experience and, and, and perspective, what, what does a successful customer journey map tell and what aspects of this are often overlooked? So for me, and I look at customer journey mapping as a strategist, right? So for me, a customer journey map is a strategy document. Right. And I make I really emphasize on that because for many people, customer journey mapping is a process document, which I think there's a big difference. So in my customer journey mapping, a successful customer journey map tells you why or why not a customer is or your customer base is deciding to continue to do business with you, expand business with you. For me, there, there really needs to be an intent behind understanding that. Right. And so I normally start off with looking at renewal rates, net retention rates, bottom line numbers that are telling us if we're doing well with our customers. And then I work backwards. And so for me, that's the the basis of a successful customer journey map is going to tell you, you know, what areas of this customer's journey and experience with you are making the biggest difference and then determining at the end of that contract if they want to continue doing business with you or if they want to expand doing business with you. And so as a result, after an effort is finished, I should have a pretty clear idea on what are those areas that are making the difference. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, as important as making it accurate and and making sure that we're, you know, we're mapping things correctly. It's also that it tells you something, right. Or that you're able, that you're able to interpret it. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, it's um, there. There's so many pieces of the journey map. You know, you have the customer phases, you have the customer steps, you have the customer sentiment. You know, are they happy when they're onboarding? Are they sad when they're you know doing going through right. the purchasing process? When they're getting support from you, is it an easy experience? And all of those things are elements, but they're means to an end, right? You have to, in my in my mind, um, unless the information I'm getting out of this is telling me these set of experiences are essentially the reason why the customer has, our customers are deciding to continue bu- doing business with with me. I, you know, I, if I don't get that information, I'm sort of missing the boat. It's not a successful journey map for me. You know, I want to be able to walk away and say, okay, today's here's where we are with our customer retention rate. Let's just throw a number 90%. I think we should be at 98%. These are the three areas in the journey map where I see we're falling short. I believe if we improve these areas, we will be able to get from 90% to 96% or 98%. 
And so that's that's what I should be able to sort of walk away and, and summarize as a result of the customer journey mapping. So what then do teams need to effectively do customer journey mapping well? You know, what, what are the tools or processes or just, you know, mindset that they need to do that? And where have you seen uh, perhaps a desire to skip a step in the process that can uh, cause challenges down the line? Yeah, I think this is a big one for me. I think that the most important thing I find with customer journey map uh, mapping is in is talking to the customer. Most of the time when customer journey mapping is done, it's done with maybe an internal group, uh, maybe the voice of the customer team who has done a bunch of surveys. They'll sort of get in a room and maybe talk to account team members or other people who have maybe a closer relationship with the customer and they'll sort of get into a room for a week or two hash out a customer journey map and then say, this is the customer experience. For me, that's, there's a miss there, right? That's, that's skipping a major step, which is actually talking to the customers. I don't, I don't believe that gathering survey data is enough to give you the rich type of information that you would get with talking directly to them. And so it takes a, if you're going to start a customer journey mapping effort, it takes a while right, to line up customer interviews. And it, it actually, t- that's the most of the time in a, let's say a three to four month type of customer journey mapping effort. I would say getting 30, 40 interviews lined up with customers, getting on their calendar, spending maybe an hour talking to them. It can be difficult I, to understand why that's often a, a, a step that's missed, but there are a massive amounts of information that you gather for those from those interviews. So that for me is the biggest step. Um, And and then it causes challenges down the line, because if you're truly trying to link this to financials and, you know, reasons why a customer is going to continue to do business with you, then it's so important to have their voice included. Yeah. Yeah. And so who should be in the room when this is happening, I mean, you know, it's it seems like there's probably a balance between you don't want too many people in the room, and yet you want the right people, and you want enough perspective. So, you know, what is what is that? How how should you kind of think about? I, obviously, every case is going to be slightly different, but like, how what's what's the mindset you should have, and 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 far as who's included? Yeah, well, for me, I I think about this in terms of how I, I do, two, I do customer journey mapping in two parts. I, I always do it in two parts. In the first part, I really just need a, the, the, the small team of people, a small team of people who are going and talking to customers, analyzing information and so on, right? And that could be, let's say, working with the voice of the customer team and they're going out doing the interviews. So it's not really important for me at the time to have people from all across the the company participating in this sort of gathering and constructing this initial customer journey map, which I I normally call a current state journey map, right? You're really relying on what is the customer telling us, and we want to gather all sorts of insights to rationalize this information, pull KPIs, pull surveys, pull all sorts of information to complete this picture on a, a current state journey map. This is what our customers say about us today. 
Then after we sort of have that information, then we pull people from across different organizations, right? We'll pull, let's say, representation from marketing, representation from sales, delivery, customer success, pricing, finance, right? You don't want 55 people in the room, right? right? But you <laughs> right. want representation across organizations. And then you want to present the findings and you say, okay, folks, here, here's what our customers, here's a comprehensive view of what our customers are telling us. And you want all them to, number one, understand and really not just look at the journey map, but I'm talking about watch interviews of customers, right? We want them to actually hear. I, le- I lean very heavily on this is, you know, you need to hear from these customers. You need to hear their voices. We record the sessions. You need to see their faces kind of thing. And then, so it's number one, to get them to truly understand. But then secondly, now that they understand the importance of making a change, now you need to be a key participant in designing that future. So the second part of journey mapping is what I call um, desired state journey mapping, where now we have these groups um, who are motivated because they've heard directly from the customer, they're motivated to do something about it and everybody plays a part, right? And it's so we to design together as a collective group across multiple organizations, we break down these silos, we design that future experience. And it's really important, obviously, if you want to get buy-in in the end, right? So I can't just design with a, a small team of people just go and design a customer journey and then expect the rest of the organization to adopt it, right? If this is the desired state, we need to collectively design it together. And then we automatically are going to have some some level of buy-in across these organizations as we try to push change. Yeah, 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 it makes sense. So we've talked about some of the things that customer journey mapping can do and and some of the the process but want to talk a little bit more again because I, I think a lot of people out there listening think they you know I I got this uh, you know I I know all about it and yet you know again I think as, as you've highlighted in, in several different ways there's a lot of considerations that you want to make from everything from the process to the people to the um, the the information that's captured in in, right. the, in the journey map so what about unreasonable expectations as well? You know, what what can a what can a journey map do, and what what mm-hmm. um, might be unreasonable in, in expecting from a from a journey map? But what what are a couple of things that come to mind in terms of those thing those kinds of things? Yeah, I think um, the biggest misconception that I often have faced in the past is um, is that it's a quick process. Yeah. I uh, now. Okay, it, again, and th- this will this comes in the differentiation between a process mapping and a customer journey mapping. If 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 people want to use journey mapping as a uh, as a process map, meaning customer is going to do step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, and we've outlined the twelve steps that they do. Great, we've done a journey map. That can be quick, right? But if you want to do a journey map strategically, thinking through why is it that they're not, why is it we are not retaining our customers, right? That requires a lot of analysis and requires just a lot of thought in comparing information and benchmarking and, and so on. And so I've, um, you know, when I remember the first journey maps that, that I was working on was during COVID 
And, uh, you know, with, I had told our leadership team that we, we were going to do this effort and I don't know, somehow they're thinking, oh, we've, we've heard a, we've heard a journey mapping. That's, that'll take a couple of weeks. Right. And so, you know, it was like a constant tension behind like, no, we're going to do it in this way. And the result is going to be very insightful, but this is going to be months. And, and during COVID, especially to try to get interviews with customers and people had other things to worry about. Right. And so uh, I think our first time going around doing this, it was like a, a, the whole project took must have been like six months or something, you know. But, yeah, I think even though it's quicker now, managing managing this thought that customer journey mapping should be quick, throw it together. We just want to see what their experience is like. That's that's um, that's I would say the one of the biggest things that often it's customer success or customer experience professionals are, are going to face just the expectation of it, how quickly this can be done. Yeah. But secondly, I think it's for, for people who want to do this more on a strategic level, I think making sure, or there's often a mis- misconception about, is it a process map versus a versus something else? And I think process mapping can be done as a support to journey map, customer journey mapping, but I think that a lot of times these things are, are, are confused. Before we continue, let's take a quick break. If you're like many marketing leaders today, you're inundated with a need to improve the customer experience across an increasing number of channels and touch points, all while ensuring your team is performing well, innovating, and continuously improving. So how do you find the time to determine what's next for you, your team, your brand, and your customers? My company, GK5A, can help. Whether it is advisory services, evaluation of marketing technology platforms and solutions, or digital agencies and implementation partners, or assistance with creating strategic roadmaps and prioritization of efforts, we've done it all and served as an ally to Fortune 1000 brands and industries like financial services, healthcare, consumer electronics, professional services, and more. You can learn more about these services and contact us at www.gk5a. That's www.gk5a.com. Now let's get back to the show. And so how do you recommend then that, you know, there might be slightly different goals depending on where, or maybe even vastly different, but, you know, different goals depending on where you are and and what the purpose Mm -hmm. of the of the map is, but you know, how do you recommend managing expectations then? Cause a lot of this comes down to that, right? It's, you know, right. A, a manager, a leader, a stakeholder, someone has this expectation, whether it's time scope, all of the above, you know, how, how do you recommend managing expectations about what a, what a journey map can deliver? Yeah, I think it's well, like any initiative, right? It's any initiative is going to be successful based off of, stakeholder management, right? How you're able yeah. to manage expectations with your, with people who are really investing the time and the funding and, and whatnot. But I think the, the way that it's worked well uh, for us is just making sure that number one, you're very clear at what you're trying to achieve. The more you can link your journey maps to financial impact, and, and I can't emphasize this enough. I think sometimes with, with the customer experience and customer success, 
we kind of do some work and we're all about feelings, you know, like, well, the customer feels bad when they're onboarding, they feel bad this, and, you know, we leave it there. It's about the feeling of the customer and that's it. But the more we can link it to, here's how those emotions are impacting that experience and that experience during onboarding, that experience during purchasing experience, the process, that experience during the support uh, process. There's a direct linkage to our financials here, right? And the more we can put into, integrate into the journey maps of financials, then the more buy-in you're going to get from senior leadership at the highest level, right? Because that's, you know, at the, at the, at the end of the day, you, wanna, you want your work to directly correlate to this is how we're going to move the needle financially for our company. And so the more you can integrate that and then bring your stakeholders along in along the way, set the expectation, like I used the example before, we're 90% retention rate. Our goal, we're designing when our goal is to be 96% retention rate. We are going to do this work to understand what is keeping us from you know, achieving that. And along the way, we're going to be giving you live, well, information and insights from customers that are that's going to talk about why we have this gap, right? So the main, the more you can frame it up, that's what I think stakeholder management is about. And then you know they can be a bit more patient because they see kind of the vision and where it's going and and so on. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And definitely agree. You know, that's the probably good, good advice for anyone um, in, in many areas of, of the business as well, and just managing expectations too. last topic I want to touch on today is just talking about some of the inputs and, and some of the outputs of the journey mapping process. We, we touched mm-hmm. on some of this in a, in a few different ways. But let's let's talk about the data and the information, whether that's from the customer or um, internal from the business, what data or, or information is is going to be beneficial to have? And where do you see some of the biggest hurdles in getting to the right data? Yeah, I think um, from a customer perspective, the data that's, I think, critical to gather it's it's important to to do persona work to to do persona mapping and understand what are the customers associated desired outcomes and goals right so before before we do any type of mapping what we want to do is gather a really strong intelligence of who are these customers right in the tech industry cloud you know uh, private cloud industry we have you're going to have your heads of infrastructure and operations, your CTOs, your CIOs, right, at the executive level. What are, what are the most important th- things for those folks to, to accomplish, right? What are their goals? How are they being measured, right? What are those desired outcomes? And so you want to go into those conversations and gather that information to, get, to really make sure that you're intelligent on that, right? And so that has to be a basis and an input coming into um, your journey mapping. Then, because you're not going to do 700 interviews, right? You want to balance that with other pieces of data, right? You want to balance that with, let's say, survey feedback, right? So if I have done 30 interviews and I customers constantly tell me the onboarding process, it's 
too lengthy. You know, I don't have, you know, the, the time to value is just way too long. I want to make sure that I'm collecting some other information that there may have been a hundred and hundreds of surveys sent out. I want to see, are those surveys also reflecting that information, right? Because now I'm, you know, I have something really clear I can go and look for and gather some survey data that might've asked a thousand customers, something similar, right? So I want to bring, I want to bring volumes of survey data in as well to match against interview data. Then in addition, I want to, you know, from um, internal business insights information I want to collect is I want to collect my, you know, as I mentioned uh, many times, my retention rate information, my expansion rate information, my net dollar retention, right? So I want to collect that business data. I want to collect KPIs. So, okay, customers are telling us this information. What are the actual days that it takes to do a quote? What are the number of days it takes to do onboarding, et cetera. I want to pull in that information. Then finally, I want to collect industry benchmarking information as possible. And you ask about what, what are some challenges. This is one is I would find is the often the biggest challenge to collect because now we know that customers might say, well, we're unhappy here in this area. And you know, the numbers aren't great, but how do we also compare against some of our key competition, right? And if I'm in HPE, I may want to be interested in how Dell is doing, you know, how, you know, how is Dell doing in the, in, in the industry? How is Amazon? How is Microsoft doing? Where do we stand amongst our competition? Because at the end of the day, when a customer is going to decide to renew, they may look at this information. They say, well, you know what? Dell does this in incredibly, incredibly well. HPE doesn't do this, do a great job of this. I'm going to go with Dell, right? And so it's really important that you're integrating industry benchmarking information where possible in your journey as well. Yeah, makes sense. What do you, what would you say is the, you know, are some of the ideal outcomes of the process and, you know, it's from a, from an outputs standpoint, you know, in other words, it's, it's, it, as you were saying, and we were talking about in the beginning, you know, it's, it's great to have a, the lay of the land and, and be able to see things, but really a journey map when it's done well, it, it accomplishes things and it, and it drives other actions and, and other activities. What would, what would an ideal output or set of outputs be um, that, that people should be targeting? Yeah. So for me, and again, it, it comes down to, I want to walk away from my as is journey map. I want to walk away with a document, which, shows me, okay, this is exactly where I am today with regards my ability, with my ability to retain and expand with my customers. And here are the two, three, four areas that are impacting those numbers most, right? That's, I need to be able to clearly state that I know that, right? And this is because this particular persona wants this, they're not getting it. And uh, here's where I have an opportunity, right? And that particular persona, maybe they have other needs and they're not getting it. At the end of the day, it's always going to come down to the value that we're able to deliver. And if I wasn't able to prove value within the time frame of the contract, customer's just not going to stay. I mean, at the end of the day. Um, so 
first piece is understanding that, you know, clearly walking away from your uh, current state journey map with an understanding of what those areas are. And then when you design a to be or a, a desired state, it's being able to say, okay, here's what we want our customers, let's say three years from now, we want those customers to be saying about us. And here's what we're going to change to basically drive that improved sentiment. And if we're able to do this, it's almost like hypothesis, right? We believe if we're able to do X, Y, and Z, we are in the end going to be able to project out to not a 90% retention. We're going to project to a 96% retention. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. How often should you go through this process? I mean, certainly, as you mentioned, you know, this can take anywhere from I would say probably two weeks is unrealistic, but, you know, it can take a matter of weeks to months. You know, you mentioned six months and and that's not unusual um, to do this and do it well. And, and especially if it hasn't been done recently and, and things like that. So, you know, what's a, what's a rule of thumb? Not not even necessarily the number of weeks, but like what's what's the mindset that you should have when, OK, it's time to to revisit the, the journey map? Yeah, so I. Normally, I mean, it's, it depends on if you have a one-man, one-person show or, <laughs> or, right. or a, team, a team of people. But, but I don't know. I would generally, I would assume a three-to-four-month three type of time frame interviewing, let's say, 40, 35, 40 customers, I think is a, is a good number for a large business. And as I, I see this as a strategic activity, for me, it's fine to do every two to three years, right? Because what you're laying out is a vision, right? And many of the many of the concepts that you're laying out in your journey map are big picture vision, like significant changes that your business is going to undertake. And these changes are not going to be done in a couple months, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, they are many times that what's revealed in the journey map are are problems that are so fundamental to your business. People have been talking about it for a decade, you know? And so, but you want to, you really want to lay this vision out and saying, if we're trying to get there, these are things that we want to accomplish. And now that you have your current state and your desired state, the next step after that is like, what are the process reengineering activities that we have to do? So you may may want to double click on the maps after you lay out the vision and then say, okay, we do process re-engineering now, right? And so I often, I often go into onboarding because it's, I mean, most companies are doing onboarding, right? And right. so on, you're, you're onboarding may be too long. Okay, now we need to double click and look at these processes, lay out our processes of how we're going to change this to get down from, let's say, 50 days to 15 days, like, what are the process changes? And then underneath that, how are we going to use technology to help make this much easier, quicker, et cetera? So then we start bringing tools in, right? We start looking at digital customer success and all those type of things to make things much, um, much faster. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So Percy, thanks so much for joining the show. Um, one one last question before we wrap up here. So you've given a lot of great advice. We've talked a lot about different aspects of of journey mapping. So you know, maybe even something that you've already shared. But you know, what, what's a piece of advice that you'd have for 
those people out there, maybe they're about to start the journey mapping process or feel like they should be starting, or maybe they're even in the middle of a six month uh, um, journey mapping process. You know, what, what's your advice to them to make things better and, and improve and, and take, take the right step in, in, in the next direction? Yeah, well, you know, first, uh, first and foremost, uh, I guess I would say thanks for having me on. Uh, this has been great. I'm passionate about the topic about journey mapping. And if I were to offer one piece of advice, it, I'll give two, unfortunately, I, I know you asked for one, but number one, go talk to your customers. I mean, it's so critical, uh, in this activity, your journey maps are going to have much more life in depth to them. When you talk to them, you rationalize, you look for themes, et cetera, across your customer base. Um, and secondly, it would be to integrate financials into your uh, journey mapping. Those would be two real key pieces of advice I, I see missing in a lot of uh, journey mapping. And I think it would really help a, a lot of CX professionals. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to, to discuss this topic. Anybody reach out. I mean, I, as, you, as you can tell, I'll, I'll go on and on about this and I love to share ideas with people. So, Yeah, well, no, thank you so much. And um, I, I think, again, I think it's one of those topics where a lot of people think they know and mm -hmm. a, lot, a lot of people think they're experts and, and everything, but then when they really get into it, you know, are they getting the right? outcomes and, and outputs and, and all those. So I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts here. Welcome. Again, I'd like to thank Percy Rose, Customer Success Strategy Executive at Hewlett Packard Enterprise for joining the show. You can learn more about Percy and Hewlett Packard Enterprise by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkillstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.